Hello, 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 and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fuck Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue in the applause. All right, fucked up fam. Let's get started with today's episode. Uh, I'm just gonna get right into our, the updates because it is the last episode of, uh, you know, AHS Murder House. So it's gonna be a long one. But just off the top of my head, uh, there's something different this episode. I'm actually recording on a Friday night. Uh, I know that the norm has uh, become me recording on Sunday because it's the day like I do my notes on Saturday and then I record on uh Sunday but you know I'm trying something different I already have my notes for this episode for like a while now I just hadn't had had I hadn't had the time to actually sit down and record so perfect time I'm doing laundry right now I have a meeting at 6 p.m it's barely five perfect time to record a tiny little beautiful little podcast episode so starting with the update, so um, I completed the fourth week of my gr- the Girl With Joe workouts, and I started, no, I'm about to complete the fifth week already. Holy shit, fucked up fam. So I've been doing like a TikTok, well, I haven't been posting it, but just like kind of like how my body has been changing. So now it's going to be five weeks that I've been doing this like consistently, like six days out of the seven days of the week, I'm doing exercise. I'm starting to notice like, slight differences but differences nonetheless and again I didn't do this because I want to change my body like like drastically no I'm doing this for my health I'm doing this so I could feel better and you know (laughs) who would have thought who would have fucking thought that working out would make me happier would release fucking endorphins who who thought of that of course it's scientifically proven but I feel like just the act of getting to start exercising was like hard for me but now that I've been doing it I'm like I look forward to it and yes of course there are some days that I'm just like oh I don't want to do this but I still do it because I'm just trying to see how long I could go I kind of want to give it like two months see if I'm like how my progress is if I'm feeling stronger and then kind of just not do it so religiously and just do it like every now and then or maybe like less times a week but I'm liking it. I'm having so much fun. I'm trying to convince Yaya, aka Don Chamango, to do them with me. And she said that she was down to start on Monday. And my mom has been doing them every now and then. Like whenever she has chat, like a like a time, she does them with me as well. So I'm just starting a Girl with Joe army. <laughs> and if y'all want to check it out, I 1000% recommend it. It's like when you're watching the videos, watching, not washing, when you're watching the videos, it's it literally feels like you're working out with a friend because the creator, her name's Joe. I just have so many Joes in my life that I love. <laughs> but the creator, she's so, I don't know, she just gives up such good vibes. Uh, and I wish this was sponsored, but no, this is actually just how I feel about her. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, so not this week, but last week, I went to this event in Barrio Logan. Terry, uh, my friend, they invited me to this uh, Zodiac, like astrology uh, sign event. And right now we're in Sagittarius season. So it was about Sagittarius. 
So Terry had gone to the Libra one and they took down notes. And then she was like, she like walked me through each of the notes that she thought resonated with, um, like with me being a Libra like son. Well, me and me and Terry are always talking about how, you know, uh, Libra and Taurus are kind of like sister signs. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was so interesting. It was so educational. It was at Terry's favorite bookstore called Libelula. And, and again, in Barrio Logan, the um, so let me just give you an overview of the event. It's basically just uh, kind of like remembering and talking about ancestors uh, that are Sagittarius and mostly like queer ancestors um, or like, um, yeah, yeah. It was, I think all of them were queer ancestors because the person that gave the presentation is queer themselves. And it was so good. It was so good. I learned a lot. So if you're like a history buff and if you are into all of this information, I 100% recommend these types of events. Um, you know, and it's part of like the community. And then you get to learn about who came before you and who has been fighting the good fight. So a thousand percent recommend. Uh, and if you want to follow the person that gave the the presentation it was yeah it was yeah because there was a slide so it was a presentation and it's also very um accessible for folk that uh, are hard of hearing or yeah because there was an interpreter doing sign language too which i thought was amazing i fucking love that but if you want more information follow the rooted zodiac on instagram uh they're the one that, that gave the presentation and they also have a little shop go check out the page just go check it out uh really cool and in interesting products i bought some myself and i haven't tried it yet but i'm really looking forward to trying the product uh, what was i gonna say oh and i also met uh one of terry's friends uh mariel v so you would think that i'm like saying my name right mariel no Terry's friend is called Mariel B. Mariel B. That's I when when Terry introduced me to her, she's like, "Oh, this is Mariel B." And I'm like, "Wait, what? Like, are you saying my name? Are you introducing to, like what?" I was so confused. I was even more confused because well, my name is Mariel, right? And my last name is Vizcarra. So basically, like all of my like in, like my handles for like um, social media are like Mariel V like a Vias in vacuum. <laughs> so when I heard Marielvi, I was like, my brain was like kind of like not processing it. And then like Terry explained that it was a combination of, of both of her parents' names. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, wow, I love when names get combined to create a whole new thing. But Marielvi was saying that they have never met someone with their name because it's a very unique name. And I've met other Mariels, but it's rare. But she said that she's going to start telling people that she met another Mariel V. Because she did. Because that's my, like, first uh, and last initial put together. <laughs> so that was, uh, it was great to meet her. What else? What else? Oh, and then that same weekend, I hung out with Terry and Vicky. They had me over. Remember how last time I told uh, y'all that I went and we did, like, Korean barbecue at their place? Well, 
now I went back. We had dinner again, but we had a hot pot this time. It was my very first time having hot pot. Oh my God, it did not disappoint. It was so yummy, so fulfilling. It made my heart happy. Like the food was amazing. Uh, thank you. Thank you all so much for having me. I know they're listening. Terry, Vicky, hi. Hi. <laughs> We always, have, we always have such a good time together. And it was fucking cold that night. So the little sopita, it just hit the spot. And speaking of like sopita, something that Marielvi said was that she doesn't really like soup because it's just like salty water. <laughs> I had never thought of soup from that perspective. And yes, it's, it's, it's correct. It's the truth. Uh, the truth was spoken, but I just love sopita. I'm a sopita girl. I'm a soup girly. What else? What else? Oh my God. So this past Tuesday, I started my play development course and I'm fucked up fam. I'm so excited. I'm literally in this play development with people from all over the world. Well, not all over the world, but there are some people. So there were like two people from Argentina there was this guy from Chile. There was uh, this this uh, person, this girl from South Korea. There was someone from Scotland, uh, and then there was like you know local in the U.S. Some people. There was um, most of them are from New York, but I think there was someone from from Florida. And I'm the only person in California, I think. So we're all in different fucking time zones. So we're coming together. It's so interesting the way that it is done because not all of the people in the course are uh, Spanish speakers, but there are some people that are not even English speakers or are not fluent in English. So the way is that we give her a point of view and like the play that we're uh, doing for that specific day in both English and Spanish. And if you're not able to translate yourself, then there's like a translator there. It was so, I am so excited. So in this play development, I'm de I'm continuing to develop my play, Tamales de Piña. It's the one that got a stage reading on the day of my birthday. Um, I just want to make it better. And I feel like getting perspectives or getting the thoughts of people from that are not, you know, are not like, how do I explain this? Okay, so when I had the, the play reading, it was in San Diego, right? And it was like San Diego locals that went. So they already have an idea of like what being in a border city is. And that I talk a lot like a border city, like a border city kid. Because even though I'm not from San Diego, I am from a border city. Shout out to Calexico. What's up? What's up, my Calexico peeps? Um, but... I'm just really excited to see what other people from around the globe think of my work and my writing. I'm also really excited for it. So you know how I mentioned that not everyone speaks like English and not everyone speaks Spanish. So my play Tamales de Piña, it, most of it is in um, English, but there's like some Spanish parts. But for the people that are not like fluent in English, they're going to translate my play to like completely in Spanish. And I feel like that's going to open the doors for me to like maybe do like a, a stage reading in like Mexico and Mexicali. Um, my tia works in the th like with the theater uh, in Mexicali. Like she does. ¿cómo se dice? Um, what's the name? What's the name? 
puppets. She works with puppets in, in Mexico. So maybe she, she like has some connects. I feel like it's just more accessible to have your translated play and also the one like the language in which you actually wrote it in. So I'm really, really excited about that. And I think that's it for personal updates, pop culture segment. I have no idea. Well, I mean, I feel like this is like old news, but Elon Musk kind of like <laughs> buying Twitter and then like firing everyone and then just like going berserk and reinstating Trump and then taking it away and reinstating Kanye on Twitter and like taking it away. It's so crazy to me. It is so crazy to me that the the amount of power that having money has. Because if I had the opportunity to have the money that some of these individuals or some of these like billionaires have, my first thing would be like, how or what can I do with my money and my power and my status to make the world a better fucking place? That's what I would think. So it's just like, it's so shocking to me that people are just out here having billions and billions of dollars and they use it for to just continue to create wealth for themselves and not to distribute it. I had a conversation recently. I don't I, I don't know if I talked about it in the podcast, but I had a conversation recently with like an Uber driver and it was when the whole um when I was at the house was it no, when someone a judge in Texas was trying to like overturn the um the loan forgiveness and I don't know something happened, right? And that night I went over to my friend Joanne's house and the driver was like, oh, so what do you think about loan forgiveness, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I think that's fucking amazing. I think that's great. If you could like, if people can start off not owing thousands and thousands of dollars, I feel like they would have like better positioning. I feel like I have talked about this. I have talked about this, but it just, so to summarize, I was like, He's like, no, but what do you think about people that, you know, already paid their loans, like already paid what they were, uh, what they were supposed to pay. And I was like, uh, well, I mean, they, their generation probably got some other sort of assistance some other sort of help that we're not getting, or they lived in a more affordable world. Like, and I told them, dude, like I'm almost done paying my loans. I have about like maybe a little bit more than 2k left. And I'm like, and I'm not mad about it, you know, if I have to continue to pay my loans, but other people, because I know that people get out of college owing like thousands of dollars. I got out of college owing like seven, seven K. So I got financial assistance. I got FAFSA. Some people don't, and they have to pay for it and get loans and stuff like that. Uh, my friends, I know people that had like 15 K loans, 30 K loans. Like my sister just got another loan for her master's. So it's like, if someone could get financial assistance, why are you being a hater? I just hate that people are haters. Like, why? Like, who hurt you? You need a hug? Well, you're not getting it from me. <laughs> 
uh podcast updates i still have bro like what the fuck am i gonna cover for the next season like i have literally literally no clue which show i'm gonna do i should make a post i should make a post and be like which show should i cover yeah you know what i'm gonna do it right now on instagram all right let's transition over to our recommendations corner starting with movies so um Last weekend, I watched the movie, the Brad Pitt movie, uh, Bullet Train. It was good. It was good. It was like a good watch. Like it was fun. Um, it kept me entertained. Uh, a bunch of A-list celebrities came out. Can we all talk about how fine Aaron Johnson is? Like, holy shit, this man. I would let this man do unspeakable things to me. And it's... <laughs> I feel like it's an ongoing conversation whenever Aaron Johnson's brought up because then we have to talk about how he was kind of what is it called when you start um because he's his wife is like older than him and she literally met him when he was a child and then they got married like she's she's older than him by like maybe like two decades <laughs> so um but yeah I'm like oh my god I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. Sir, please, please leave your wife. <laughs> she took advantage of you. You were a child and she took advantage of you. But that's for another conversation. Movie was good. Bad Bunny even made his little debut um, in it. Who else came out? Just really good actors. It was fun. It was a fun watch. I recommend it. Um... TV shows. Holy shit, fucked up fam. I finished The White Lotus. Oh my god. The chokehold? The grasp that season two of The White Lotus had on me was wow. Like, if I thought that the first season was good enough for me to cover in my podcast, the second season, holy shit. That shit fucked me up. The last episode had me screaming, had me shook, had me gasping, had me covering my mouth, like two hands uh, covering my mouth because I could not believe what the fuck was happening. Honestly, Mike White, my respects, my respects, the casting, I want to go to Italy so badly now, like, and then I recently ran across, like, I think, um, was it a tweet, was it a TikTok, I don't know, I ran across something that said that the, uh, like, the most, uh, giving lovers are, I think it was, like, Spain, Brazil, and Italy, and I'm, like, Hi, uh, I was gonna say, how do you say hi in Italian? Uh, I don't know how to say hi in Italian. I was gonna say bonjour. <laughs> um, uh, I do not know how to speak Italian, but I do want to meet an Italian boy. Hi, hi. How's it going? <laughs> so, oh my God. If you haven't watched it, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Like, why do you hate yourself? So good. Uh, the ending, bro. 
Look, I know some people were kind of like upset about who ended up dying in the uh, finale, but I mean, Miss Thing had it coming after what she pulled in the first season. So, you know, poetic ju justice. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. But I really, really, really enjoyed this season. I can't wait to see what they do for season three. Uh, count me in for to watch season three. So, a while ago, and I think I already mentioned it, a while ago, in one of the Instagram posts uh, that I did, someone commented that a show that fucked them up is Gravity Falls. And then I heard uh, the, some of the members of Paletras mention how Gravity Falls is a really good animated show. So I was like, I'm going to give it a try. And I've been watching it. I've been, So I've been on like, kind of like an animated show kind of kick. I've been watching Gravity Falls, Inside Job on Netflix, uh, the newest season of Bob's Burgers. I think it's just, I think these types of shows just give me some sort of comfort. Like, the la the latest episode that I watched of Bob's Burgers literally made me cry. Like, <laughs> these shows are so well made and they're animated and I I don't know what it. Also, I'm in my period right now, so my hormone my hormones are hormoning hormoning so badly right now. Like every TikTok makes me cry. I can't watch TikToks of, like, those homeless, like, not homeless, those, like, uh, dogs that live on the street, and then they, like, rescue them. Like, I'm sobbing. The, the um, I don't know if you follow Murph's live on, on TikTok. He just recently gave, like, a, a house and a car to this family in Mexico that really, really needed it. And, oh, my God, I was sobbing my eyes out. Like, my hormones and... Honestly, I still get, like, pretty sentimental even when I'm not hormoning. That's not a word. I just made that shit up. But it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, but holy shit. My period has been all off balance. Like, I didn't get my period for, like, the longest time. Hashtag pregnant. Just kidding. No, I was not pregnant. I was not pregnant. <laughs> imagine and then this one took a while to come too so i don't know if it's that um my doctor was uh, this may be too like uh too much information but like my doctor's like we're gonna keep monitoring uh why you're not getting your period regularly but yeah that's fucking me up my dudes my dudes my emotions are crazy um but yeah what else have i watched I mean, just the, the shows that are just coming uh, out, Abbott Elementary, too. I've been watching that. Books. Uh, still reading Fire and Blood. You know, we're getting a little prequel, little history lesson about the Targaryens. Holy shit. Y'all motherfuckers are ruthless. Right now, I'm in, like, the third generation of, like, I don't of, like, when... King's Landing was barely created, blah, blah, blah. Third third or fourth generation. And there was still a lot of incest, a lot of rivalry, a lot of like, oh, who's going to be the the heir to the Iron Throne type of shit. Um, it's, it's, 
I'm like barely 17% done with the whole book and it's gonna take me a really really long time to finish it and it's not it's like a tough read because it's literally a history lesson about this made-up world like Mr. George R.R. Martin that's his name right that's his name I don't know what his name is uh yes I think that's his name Mr. Martin Mr. Martin Mr. Martin it's me bro you're my, how do you keep track of all of these names when everyone's name, like in the Targaryen, like lineage, is basically the same? Like Damon, Aemon, uh, Aegon, Aegon, <laughs> uh, and then like sister and brother marrying each other. Like, bro, that's crazy. And they were like super down with it. They just wanted to keep that bloodline going. And then and then they like were like, oh, and their children were messed up, like born all messed up. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but I'm excited to see what the fuck is going to happen, because like I told you, I can't wait till like 2025 to find out what's going to happen in season two of House of Dragon. I'm sorry, Mike, I can't do it. Okay, but honestly, I think now I'm finally ready to begin uh today's episode all right episode 12 the last episode of american horror story murder house is called afterbirth the episode opens up uh to a flashback uh, nine months prior and it's Vivian telling Ben that she's going to go and take Violet to her sister's house in Florida and she's explaining that she wants to get there before the school year starts so this is uh, before they even moved to LA Ben is confused because he thought that they had agreed to a fresh start in Los Angeles but Vivian tells him that she can and how they've really tried and Ben and Ben is like we haven't even tried to make it work yet Vivian reiterates that she just can't do it anymore and how she can't get past, you know, Ben cheating. But Ben asks her to look at the house that he found, and it's obviously murder house. And Vivian tells him that a house is not going to fix their issues. But we see different shots of, like, murder house as, like, Ben is explaining that the house has been in the market for months. So they probably even, they'll probably even take a lower offer than what they're asking and there's even an office in the house where he can see his patients at home and ben just states that the house is perfect is it ben is it really but vivian is like firm and says no and and ben says he's like he says the super gaslighty thing and he's like how obviously vivian doesn't want she's like oh you haven't left me because you don't want to leave and he explains that he has been looking at houses for a month and how uh when he found this one it was like meant to be vivian begins to cry and ben tells her that his gut uh his gut is telling him that it is going to, uh, like, this house is going to break down the wall inside of her. And Vivian says that she's sure that it is a beautiful house. And he tells her how much he loves her and how he, and he's begging her to just go see the house. And he mentions that after looking at the house, uh, he's like, after I found that house and look at pictures of it, it is the first time I've ever felt, I've felt hope. Uh, shut the fuck up, Ben. So it cuts to present day and Ben is shouting around the house looking like calling out Vivian and Violet and asking where are you but no one responds and then the credits roll in. Cut to Constance's house and Ben is there and she's saying how 
they were not expecting him till tomorrow and Ben doesn't want to keep bothering her but she lets him know that uh looking after that little angel aka the antichrist baby is no bother at all and how she would not think of burdening him during his unspeakable tragedy like to take care of a newborn Ben tells her that Vivian's sister is there now and how it's time for her to take the baby Constance tells him that it's all, that it's his lunchtime, like the baby's lunchtime, and how she's just going to feed him, and then he'll fall asleep, and then he can come can, can come back for him later. Ben tells her that he can, he can feed the baby himself, and how he's there to get his son. And Constance tells him that she will gather up his things. Constance gets serious with Ben and explains that there are forces in the house that want to cause grave danger to the baby and how they both know that it is true and how they both know, uh, you know, the truth about what happened the night that Vivian died. Uh, he, she's like the same forces that killed his wife and his daughter. And she states that if the house can claim their spirit, what does he think will happen to a sweet little baby? Ben tells her that the baby will be fine, and Constant yells out that after everything he has seen, he is still a fool. She asks how he can still be so blind, and then he asks, he looks at one of the pictures inside Constance's house, like he glances over, and he realizes that Tate is her son. And he remembers when he called Tate's mom to tell her that he could no longer see him because it was a conflict of interest, and uh, because of like, you know, Tate and like Violet having like a relationship and then he realized that he had been talking to Constance and Constance had been like masking her voice. Ben asks Constance where Tate is and Constance responds in his grave where he has been there where he has been longer than uh, when he was in earth. Ben tells Constance that she destroyed his family and Constance hits back that he's only paying for his sins and Ben threatens that when he leaves she should lock her doors and pray that he doesn't come back. And Ben exits with the baby. Cut to Moira and Vivian in the kitchen or murder house. And Moira wants to know how her adjustment is going. And Vivian tells her that the hardest thing is seeing Ben so devastated. Ben walks in and Vivian cowers un like, un like under the counter. But Moira lets her know that she does not have to hide because he can't see her unless she wants him to. And then we get a shot of Ben placing the baby holder um, on top of the table. And it's like Moira and Vivian are not there, but we can still hear their voices. So we're kind of getting a point of view of what Ben is seeing. So he's not seeing Vivian and Moira. Vivian tells uh, Moira how she keeps forgetting. And Vivian says how she just wants to nurse the baby so badly. Moira tells her that she's hovering and how it's a bad idea. And Vivian lets her know that that she's like, oh, I know, um, and how she, she does not, she's like, I know you don't approve of Ben, but despite all of his flaws, he was a really good father. Moira tells her how she does not understand why she always feels the need to defend him, and she wants to know if she wants Ben to see her, and if she's fighting the desire to appear before him. Vivian explains that she does not want him to see her or Violet because if he sees them, he's going to want to stay in the house and how he has to leave the house and raise their baby somewhere safe. And Moira reminds, reminds her to just sit tight and keep her distance and how she needs to remain strong so that Ben is able to leave. Ben then tells the baby how it's all going to work out and then he exits the kitchen and Vivian just sadly looks at them. Vivian tells Moira that she senses something different about Ben and Moira says that he perhaps he's dreaming of all of the women that he can fuck now that he's a widow. <laughs> Moira is not holding back and in my notes I wrote and I oop. <laughs>
Moira apologizes for speaking out of term and says how she, that was not nice of her. And Vivian just seems so sad. And she, she's like, oh, Moira, can you make me a tea? And Boris, Moira's like, no, your denial is impressive. You're a ghost. And I don't take orders from ghosts. I'm your equal now in this world. Vivian apologizes apologizes to Moira and tells her how she understands. And Moira just tells her to let Ben be. Cut to Ben upstairs and he's talking to the baby, telling him how it was like how it's not his fault, how and like not any of the things that have happened are his fault, and how he's just a baby. And the baby begins to cry. And Ben goes over and, and like carries him. And the baby comes down. And Ben just puts him back in the crib. And and Ben like puts on his jacket and exit the room. We then see an array of different color color sticky notes, and he's assigning a different type of key to each sticky note: the lockbox, the office door cabinet, the garage house key, car key, etc. So Ben is basically leaving everything in order and writing down the password for everything. We see him drinking brown liquor, so that is is that is not a good sign if a white man is drinking brown liquor. <laughs> And he's like smoking a cigarette inside and then he gets his gun and he puts it inside his mouth, but he can't pull the trigger. He then t tries to point it toward his head, but then someone grabs the gun and it's Vivian. He asks her why she hadn't come before and she explained how she was just how she like appearing before him was just going to make it worse. And Ben asks her to just let him do it, to just let him kill himself so that they can be together. And Vivian tells him no and how that baby needs a father. Ben tells Vivian that that is not his baby, but Vivian tells him that it is hers and scolds him for smoking. So she's like, that's my baby and you shouldn't be smoking. Vivian explains that she doesn't care who that baby came from and how she would give anything to be able to take care of him. Ben apologizes for what he put her through and Vivian tells him that she forgives him for everything and how he now has an opportunity to do something different and raise that baby. Ben explains that her sister said that she would raise Vivian's baby as her own and Vivian tells him how she does not want that for him and how she wants to envision her baby and uh, Ben and, and envision him being a father to that baby boy. Ben asks about Violet, and Violet also appears, and Ben basically calls himself a terrible father for not realizing the warning signs of depression, but Violet tells him that she shut him out because she did not want to break him. Ben says that he misses her so much, and Violet jokes that she was never going to get into Harvard, and he, how she just saved him a shitload of money. She also tells him that he has to leave, and how every minute he's in the house, his life and the baby's life is in danger. Vivian grabs Ben's hand and she whispers to please do it for them before kissing him, kissing him all passionately. And then as if he was dreaming, they disappear. Ben goes to grab the baby and we see him going downstairs and Hayden appears in the stairs and she asks where he's going and if he really thought that she was going to let him leave. Ben tells Hayden to get out of her, out of his way and how he does not have time for this, her bullshit. And someone puts a rope around Ben's head and then they like throw him off the second floor like uh the second they just throw him off the second floor and he's just hanging there um off of the chandelier and and then um the baby begins to cry and Hayden tells him now we have all the time in the world 
So uh, that's an end for Ben Harmon. Dr. Dr. Ben Harmon puts some respect on his name. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we get a blackout screen and then the doorbell rings and Marcy opens the door and there's a new couple coming to see the house. So it's some time some time has passed and it's the Ramos or the Ramos, the, the Ramos family. Marcy makes a comment about how she's fascinated by all things south, south of the border. And Mr. Ramos says that he's from Spain. And Marcy says, even better, I prefer European Hispanics superior. I prefer, I think European Hispanics are superior. Bro, the racism in this first season is so insane. Marcy shows them the house and gives them a bit of background. And then we can see that they have a son named Gabriel. And he's also walking uh, around the house. The Ramos are gushing over the house and they ask questions about why the asking price is so low uh, below the market. And Marcy discloses that the previous owner died in the house, uh, the wife during childbirth, and that the husband hung himself in his grief. So that's the story they're telling. She calls it tragically romantic, a, a tragically romantic love story. And Marcy comments how she she kept the only remaining live, living member of the house, the dog, which she's carrying around as if she's fucking Paris Hilton or Elle Woods. Like she's carrying that dog around as she's giving a tour of murder house. <laughs> Marcy tells Mr., Mrs. Ramos that she would be happy to show her another house. But wherever she goes, she will be moving into someone else's history. And Mrs. Ramos agrees that they, and then she's like, let's continue the tour. Gabriel, the son, begins skating around the house, even though he was told not to skate in the hardwood floor. And then he's startled by some, like some popping sounds. And it's the twins scaring him. So, you know, like the, like the twins from the first episode, they're just like going around, like dropping poppers on the floor. Not the poppers that you smell, but the poppers that you use. Like, um, they saw them in Mexico. Like, uh, what are they called? I don't know what they're like little, I don't know what they're called, but you just like throw them to the ground and they make like a popping sound. So when he was startled by the twins, uh, he fell and Mr. Ramos comes and asks if he's okay. And how, um, she, and he's like, he, he tells his son that it was game over when Mr. Ramos saw the kitchen and how they're practicing probably going to get the house and Gabriel gets up from the floor and we see Violet sitting at the at the foot of the stairs cut to the Ramos moving in and Marcy changing the self uh the sale sign to sold and then it cuts to detectives in Constance's house commenting on how a new family is moving in and Constance says that she hopes that they're a nice family but that she's hesitant to return to the house to welcome them to the neighborhood after what she saw there, what she saw the last time she was there. And then we get a flashback of Constance smoking a cigarette all nonchalant as she looks up at Ben's hanging body and she calls, she's like, she's calling him a stupid son of a bitch. Constance asks the detectives if they're in, um, uh, if they're in her house to deliver more bad news. And they say that they actually don't have any developments and Constance asks if they have not found the precious baby. Uh, the, and the other detector tells her that they want to check her statement again to make sure that they're not missing anything. And she walks them through what she had already told them, that she went to go check on Ben and Violet at around 730. But that since no one answered the door, she let herself inside the house and Constance asked that she was concerned because she was no stranger to tragedy. Then we see another shot of Constance looking up at Ben's body and Ben's ghost appears behind her and comments on how he can't believe that Hayden killed him. And she, she responds how it served him right.
Constance then explains to the detectives that her first instinct was to flee, to run screaming and never return. But then she thought, but then she thought of the baby, and we can see that the baby is not in its carrier, and we see a heartfelt re reunion with Violet, Vivian, and Ben. Uh, Constance tells them, um, she's like. She sees them like in this ghostly reunion and she's like, oh, that's all very touching. But where the fuck is the baby at? <laughs> Constance then tells the detective that she went to search for Violet. But when she saw that she was also gone, that she finally understood what happened. We see Constance, uh, so the flashback, we see Constance go down to the basement and Hayden is in a rocking chair, like rocking the baby back and forth. And she asks Constance if she's there to see her baby. But Constance lets her know that she's there to take her grandson and how Vivian agrees that she should be the one to raise him because the baby should not live in the house of the dead. Hayden mentions how the baby is special and how and how Constance will take him over her dead body. And Constance says, we're past that. And then someone sneaks up from behind Hayden and cuts uh, like uh, cuts Hayden's neck and takes the baby away from her. And we see that it is Travis, and he puts the baby in Constance's arms. Back with the detectives, Constance tells the detective uh, her theory about Violet taking her baby brother and fleeing to God knows where, but that she keeps, she's like, oh, but I keep both of them in uh, my prayers every night. Constance gets up as, as if to motion to the detectives that they have overstayed their welcome. And one of them tells Constance to let them know if she remembers anything else uh, that Violet might have said that might indicate where she went uh, to, and to just give them a call if she does remember anything. They thank Constance for her time before walking out. And then we see that Constance uh, has the baby hidden in the room of mirrors where she used to torment Addie. And then she goes to grab him and she calls him her good little angel. So cut to Gabriel walking into his room and Violet is checking out his music collection and he he like walks in and sees her there and he's like he asks her who she is and she's like oh you have terrible taste in music. <laughs> Gabriel tells her that she's breaking and entering and asks and he's like again who are you and she says a ghost of my former self. <laughs> then she introduces herself as Violet and mentions that she lives in the neighborhood and and she shakes Gabriel's hand and he comments on how cold her hands are and she replies cold hands warm heart the writing here <laughs> Violet continues looking through his shit and he tells her to get out of his room and she asks if he really wants to be alone uh, in a house that is haunted he calls her twisted and she says that he does not know the half of it. And then we see Tate staring at them from afar. So he's like st staring from like, I think he's in the restroom or something. And it's like the door is open so he can see like the full view of Gabriel's room, aka what used to be Violet's room, aka what used to be Tate's room. And then uh, he's just like staring angrily. Cut to the, ramp, the Mr. and Mrs. Ramos in the kitchen, and they're playing around about how Marcy, the realtor, is hot. Obviously, she, he, Mr. Ramos is joking. And Mrs. Ramos asks if they're, if they're going to christen the house tonight. Ooh, wink, wink. And both of these uh, like actors are really hot, by the way. Um, he begins to unbutton her shirt, and they start making out, and she whispers how their son is upstairs, and then we see uh, like Ben and Vivian staring at them as they make out, and Vivian whispers to Ben, I remember when we were like that, and Ben replies, in the beginning. They uh, So the Ramos hear a door open, so they pause their sexy time, and they reschedule it for later, and Mr. Ramos mentions how their son is graduating this year, and he asks if they will 
uh, he asked if they will be lonely and when they live in a house that huge and mrs ramos asked a baby and she and she, she, like he doesn't say anything and he's like don't you think i'm too old and she he jokes that she almost is and they begin to make out again and vivian mentions how she lost two babies in this house and how one of them didn't even get to take uh, its first breath and how constance stole the other one also can we take a little break here who the fuck who the fuck wants to have a baby when their son is about to turn 18 and leave and go to college like Give me one couple who wants to go through all of that all over again, especially because you're like older parents now and then you're going to die like when your child is young. Like what? No, no, parents, don't traumatize your children like that. You're going to be too old to to like want to do stuff with them. I'm not saying that the Ramos are old, but still like, no, nobody wants to deal with like baby things when their son is almost already out of the house. Get a fucking dog like normal people. <laughs> So uh, Vivian tells Ben that they're a nice couple and that they can't have a baby in that house. And Moira walks in and she says that they're going to need help and how some spirits in this house are angry and vengeful and how they want to inflict their fate onto others. So like blameless victims. And Moira comments on how there are other ghosts who are nice and that do not want to see more suffering in that house. So cut to the Ramos asleep in bed and Mr. Ramos wakes up because he hears some whispers and he's in like the trance like state. And then we see the man in the latex suit appear in the room with Mrs. Ramos and he like cl climbs on top of the bed. Cut to Gabriel waking up and Tate is sitting in front of his bed and he asks, he's like, Tate asks him, what were you dreaming about? And he's like, I think I know what you were dreaming about. I think you were dreaming about her. Uh, he And then Tate says, if I was able to dream, I would dream about her too. Gabriel asks him who the hell he is and why he's in his room. And Tate explains that it used to be his room and how then it was hers. Gabriel asks who he's talking about. And he says that he, and uh, Tate tells him that he's talking about Violet, who used to be his girlfriend. And Gabriel asks the freak, the freaky chick from before. And Tate is like, what do you mean by freaky? <laughs> Gabriel mentions that she seemed pretty cool and how nothing happened, but that she didn't say she had a boyfriend. Tate lets him know that they broke up, and Gabriel explains that he knows that Violet is hands-off now, and Tate says, I don't think you do. Then we see Mrs. Ramos opens her eyes, and she sees the man in the latex suit, and she screams, and Gabriel gets out of bed to go like see what's wrong with his mom. Mrs. Ramos manages to get the latex suit off of her, and she's yelling out for her husband, Miguel, but Miguel is like in a trance-like state and he's starting to turn on the flamers in the stove. Mrs. Ramos is yelling at the latex man to get away from her and she hits him with some golf clubs. And she runs out of the room and then the attic door opens and Bo appears and scares the shit out of her and she runs inside the restroom. Back with Tate and Tate tells Gabriel to stay in his room and he mentions that he wants Violet to be happy and how he could tell that she really liked him and he wants to know if Gabriel is a good guy and if he makes good grades in school. Gabriel tells him to get out of his way but Tate pushes him in the ground and he tells him how he does not want to hurt him but that he does have to kill him as he takes out a knife. Back with Miguel and um Vivian wakes him up from his trance-like state and Lorraine appears and she's she appears like next to Miguel uh, and Lorraine was Larry Harvey's uh, wife. And uh, where where did I? The, the, so Lorraine appears and she says, I need someone to feel my pain. And she puts Miguel's hand uh, towards the fire from the stove. And then Moira, like old Moira appears and she says, let me lead you. 
and then she turns into sexy Mora as she leads Miguel away from the kitchen. In the bathroom, the, the drowned nurse appears from inside the bathtub, and she looks, and she says, look what he did to me. And then Mrs. Ramos opens the door screaming, screaming and written in red letters in the wall outside of the re restroom, it says, run. Back with Tate and Gabriel, and Gabriel wants to know what, why he is doing that and how he told him that nothing, nothing happened between him and Violet. And Tate is about to stab him, but he can't, and then he gets up, and Gabriel tells him not to kill him. And Tate tells him how it's nothing pers personal, but that Violet is all alone in the house and how he does not want her to be alone. Cut to Sexy Mora walking Miguel into the dining room, and she calls him a naughty boy. And then there's a woman's butchered buddy, butchered body in the table and an old warrior asks Miguel what would Stacy think so Stacy is Mrs. Ramos M Miguel mentions that he must be dreaming and the black Dahlia remember the one that you know went to go uh do a little sex sex favor for some dentist work um gets up from the table and she says you're wide awake and Miguel yells out oh god as he runs away because this woman's body is butchered <laughs> Stacy makes it to the basement and the latest latex man is still chasing after her and the lights start to flicker and Miguel finally snaps out of it and he runs down to the basement to save Stacy and when he gets there the latex man he gets the latex man off of her and then Vivian reveals herself and she asks Ben who is wearing the latex suit what he is doing and come and she's like I can't believe you're already preying on the new meat when they barely moved in. Miguel asks who they are, and Vivian says how Ben used to be her husband, and then she stabs him in the stomach, so not Miguel, she stabs Ben, and says, you have no idea how long I've been wanting to do that. Ben, out of nowhere, has a gun. I don't know how the rules of the house work, but he has a gun, and he shoots Vivian in the head, and he says the same thing. I can't, you don't know how long I've been waiting to do that. And then both of them get up as if nothing happens, and Ben tells them that this is what the house does to them. And she tells them to run. And then both Vivian and Ben begin to laugh as Stacy and Miguel run out of the house. Back with Tate and Gabriel. And Tate has a, a knife to Gabriel's neck. And then Violet appears and tells him not to do that. And Tate says that he has to since she's all alone. And Violet reminds her that her whole family. She's like, my whole family is here, bro. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But Tate does not think that that is enough for her and how she needs someone. And Violet says, not him about gabriel tate asks what she wants and she replies what i wanted was you tate turns around with tears in his eyes to face violet and he mentions how she told him to go away and violet agrees but says that she never got to say goodbye and she asks uh, tate to go towards her so that they can say goodbye to, to each other Tate lets Gabriel go and Tate and Violet kiss and Violet opens her eyes so that Gabriel, so like as she's kissing Tate, she like opens her eyes and with her eyes, she motions over to Gabriel to leave and Gabriel runs out of there. And once he's out of the room, Violet says, goodbye, Tate. And then she disappears and Tate begins to sob. Cut to Miguel honking the doorbell for Gabe to hurry up and they rush the fuck out of murder house. And then we see the Harm the Harmons just staring at them from the front door. And Vivian mentions that some poor family is going to keep moving into the house, but they have no idea what they're in for. But Ben mentions that they know exactly what to do now. Cut to Mar Marcy putting a reduced sticker on the for sale sign and then the haunted house tour, like the bus a tour bus stops and marcy's yelling at them to get out of the out of there since she has to sell that house 
so the, dude like the haunted tour bus just keeps getting more stories you know like of things that happen in that house but it then cut to Ben sweeping inside the house because you still got a clean murder house when you're a ghost, I guess. Moira, Moira is not enough ghost to clean the whole fucking house. <laughs> and like, so as Ten is sweeping, Tate appears and says how he's probably the last person he wants to talk to, with. And Ben says that he's not a per. He, he calls, um, uh, Ben says that Tate is not a person, but a monster. Tay tells him that he misses their talks and how they were really helping him. But Ben calls bullshit and he calls Tate a psychopath and how therapy can't cure him. Tate wants to know if that's, uh, you know, Ben's official diagnosis of him. And Ben says that it is not that it is, but how he is the worst type of psychopath because he is charismatic and a pathological liar. And he says that therapy won't help him. And he ended with, and by the way, therapy doesn't work. <laughs> Tate asks why people do therapy if it doesn't work, and Ben just lets him know that they don't want to take responsibility for their crappy lives, so they pay a therapist to listen to their bush bullshit so that they can feel special, and then they blame their crazy mothers for the things that they have done. Oh, like taking shots directly at Tate. Ben asks Tate if that sounds familiar, and Ben continues and says how therapists therapists collect checks week after week and and month after month and year after year but that deep down they know that it does not work tate calls ben a son of a bitch and ben says how he and tate are not so different and how he hurt people that he was supposed to love the most and tate says they're like oh but your family forgave you and um tate uh, like speculates that maybe violet will forgive him too and ben just tells him that she can't forgive him uh, then um, Ben continues, because you can only forgive someone for what they've done directly to you and how those people that he murdered were the only ones that can forgive him. Tate asks if there's anything he can do and if there's no chance of mercy. And Ben, ben begins to clap and he applauds him for his performance, but he reminds him that a psychopath, by definition, is not capable of emotions so that he should at least try to be genuine. Ben tells him that he destroyed everything that mattered to him and he asks what he can possibly want from him now tate apologizes again and ben tells him that saying sorry is easy but taking responsibility is the hard part and tate stays quiet and ben scoffs and says how he can't even say it out loud and ben turns around to return to cleaning up the room and then tate says in 1994 i set my mom's boyfriend on fire and then i shot and killed 15 kids in westfield hyde I murdered the gay couple that lived here before you, and I raped your wife. There were other things, other people I hurt. I'll tell you everything. Ben responds that he is not a priest and that he can't absolve him from any of it, and Tate asks if they can just hang out, uh, like, sometime, like, every now and then, and Ben just sighs. Cut to Vivian playing the cello in what was supposed to be her music room. And then she hears a baby cry and Vivian makes uh, her way down to the basement. And Nora thanks her for getting there and mentions how she's so exhausted. And she asks if Vivian is the new nanny. Nora thinks Vivian is the nanny and Vivian plays along when she realizes that the baby that is crying is her dead baby. Vivian says to forgive her and how she would have gotten then sooner, but that she thought that the baby had been a stillborn. Nora mentions how the baby took a tiny little breath before passing and how she was the only one that witnessed it and that Charles didn't. 
Nora calls the baby an unhappy child and she looks at Vivian better and she notices that she was the birth mother and she blamed uh, she, she blames the baby dying on Vivian's poor nutrition and just her genetic infer inferior inferiority. <laughs> Nora calls the baby a weakling, but uh, Vivian comments how uh, the baby's lungs are strong because she could hear him crying upstairs. Vivian asks Nora if she can carry him, but Nora tells her to keep her hands off of him. And she comments on how arrangements were made so that baby is hers now. Vivian is still playing the part and she tells Nora that she understands that, she, uh, but that she might know some tricks that might be helpful to like quiet the baby down. And Nora grabs him and hands the baby over to Vivian. And Vivian asks what Nora calls the baby and she just says, little noisy monster. And Vivian begins to sing the Mockingbird song uh, and the baby quiet downs. Nora thanks her and comments on how she thought she might harm him if he didn't quiet down and how he has been inconsolable for days. Nora tells Vivian that she will need, she would need to take a rest and that perhaps Vivian can keep him for the night. And Vivian encouraged her to take a rest and, and how she and the baby will be fine. Nora stops and tells Vivian how she thinks she doesn't have the character characteristics to be a good mother and how her mo mother was not very good at it either. And Nora exits and Vivian just sits in the rocking chair and cuddles her baby. We then see Vivian is now back upstairs and she goes to the kitchen and asks Mora what she's doing. And Mora is just cleaning because that is one of the only things she's good at. And Vivian mentions how she found her baby and how it was in the basement with Nora. And Mora says that she knew uh, Nora would not be able to handle him, but that she got stuck in this idea of having a baby. Vivian asks Mora if she wants to hold him, and she does. And Mora comments on how she would have been a good mother if she hadn't been such a tramp. <laughs> oh, my God. Vivian tells her that she will need so much help with him, and Mora says that she does not have training as a nanny, but Vivian says how she was not asking her to be a nanny, but that she wants to know if Mora would be the godmother. Mora tears up and says that she will do it if it makes her feel safer, and Vivian comments on how she thinks she would be a great addition to the family. So it's now uh, ex, uh, Christmas in Murder House and Violet is putting ornaments in the tree and Moira comes in with more ornaments and Violet comments on how they look ancient. And Moira says that the, word, that the word ancient loses its meaning when your entire existence is just one long day. Ben asks if everyone is ready and he turns on the light for the tree and he asks if they have ever seen anything so beautiful. And Vivian says that she has as she comes carrying in the baby. And she comments on how he has a great temperament and that he looks just like his daddy. And then she and Ben kiss. Ben tells Vivian that he did not think it was possible for him, but that he is happy. And then we see Hayden and Tate being haters from afar. And Hayden whispers to Tate to grow a pair and how Violet is never getting back together with him. And Tate whispers back that he will wait till she is ready forever if he has to. Cut to three years later and Constance walks into a beauty salon and she asks Helen her like, uh, you know, the one of the workers from the beauty salon how she feels about, how does she feel about working a miracle for her and Helen tells her to get her ass in her chair. Helen asks where she has been and how she started to think that uh, Constance found herself another salon, but Constance just tells her that she has been housebound of late, and she tells Helen not to scream when she takes off her scarf revealing her hair. 
Helen wants to know why she has been staying in her house and Constance says that she had a baby and obviously Helen is confused but Constance explains that it was a baby that she took in when uh, his parents died. Constance explains that little Michael and her were meant to be together and how he was meant to be her son and then Constance tells her that uh, she is sick of looking like a grandmother and then she finished her like uh, Helen finishes her up and Constance looks happy with the results and Helen comments that in all the years that she has known her she has never looked younger or more radiant Constance shares that ever since she was younger she knew she was destined for greatness but that her life became full of tragedy but that tragedy she endures was preparing her for something greater Constance says that Michael is destined for greatness and how he was in need of a remarkable mother who can guide him with wisdom and firmness and with love. Cut to Constance getting home and she like calling she's calling out to the babysitter Flora and apologizing for getting home so late. Uh, but Flora doesn't respond and Constance notices that the fridge is open and there's little blood uh, drippings down the side of it. And she notices some cookies on the floor and Constance follows a trail of blood and she sees Flora with her neck cut on the floor and of Michael's room. And Michael, the toddler, is just sitting in the room looking sly and, she's, and he's smiling and his hands are covered in blood and he looks pleased with himself and Constance whispers, now what am I going to do with you? End of episode, end of season. All right, fucked up fam. Let's get started with our segment, starting with uh, that character fucked up. Um, so in the beginning of the episode, we get a flashback of like before. So when Vivian, when the Harmons were still in Boston, I think. And then like Vivian was about to leave Ben's ass. Like I'm not blaming Vivian for literally dying, but you should have left your man. Like your man is trash. <laughs> uh and to summarize if we were to learn anything from this episode or from the show leave your man after he cheats on you or you might end up dead like it's it's facts (laughs) it's facts vivian gave her man a chance came to LA and then she died in a haunted house during childbirth not only that she died and then she lost both of her kids yeah yeah also ben not leaving with the fucking child after what he experienced in murder house like why are you still in that house why are you still going back to that house like obviously he wanted to die in that house so he could be with you know vivian and um violet but still bro like you fucked up now you're dead and I guess you're happy now, but now Constance is going to take care of your child. And then, <laughs> well, I mean, what else do you need? Constance is going to take care of your child. Have you seen how the uh, Constance's kids ended up? They ended up dead. All of them. All three of them dead. They did not have a good life. Constance is not fit to be a mother. She does not have a motherly bone in her body. And now she gets to raise your child because you're stupid. Because you let uh, your emotions get in the way. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry Vivian died. And I'm sorry Violet died. But honestly, if we if we trace it all back, it all leads back to you sticking your dick in Hayden. How many times do I have to repeat that? If you hadn't stuck your dick in that college girl's pussy, 
you, your wife would still have been here. And so would your daughter. And so would your son that died. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone fucked up, is Ben Harmon. <laughs> also, what's up with none of the ghosts helping out when Hayden and the other few ghosts were literally killing Ben? Like, why did they not appear? Like, that's just so confusing. That house is full of ghosts and not one of the good ones was like, you know what? You know what we should do? We should help out this man so he doesn't get murdered. Uh, also, Hayden fucked up here because she under she underestimated Travis's devotion to Constance when she's just like rocking the baby back and forth down at the basement and she's like you're gonna you're gonna take him away over my dead body and then like Travis like slits her throat and obviously she's the ghost like it's only gonna like momentarily like stop her but still Constance was able to get the baby and get him out of there and I mean outside of the grasp of murder house the baby is safe, or is he? Is Arch, is Archangel, 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 what the fuck? Archangel? Arch, Arch, Michael, and no, what the fuck? The baby's name is Michael, the Antichrist, the Archangel. Is that how you pronounce it? Arch, Archangel, Archangel? Ah, bruh, I'm struggling today. <laughs> Also, the Ramos is moving into a haunted house. Bro, do a little bit more research. Like, like I, I was going to start speaking Spanish. You're the same as the fucking Harmons. They see a low price on the house, and they're like, hell yeah, we'll move in right away. No research, just vibes. No research, just a shit ton of ghosts. Like, obviously, your realtor is hiding something. Don't trust your realtor. Except if she's uh, if she's my grandma, trust her with your heart. My grandma's got you. She's got you. She won't let you move into a, a haunted house. But if it's Marcy, Marcy's racist ass, you're going to trust her after the comment she just made about like, oh, I prefer European Hispanics. Bruh, stop. Stop it right now. Stop it right this is instant. <laughs> So, yeah, they fucked up by by doing that. Like, please, please love yourself a little. Um, also, what's up with Tate wanting to kill Gabriel? So, Violet, could we, like, quote, unquote, be happy? Bro, you're such a guy. Like, nobody asked you to do that. Nobody is like, you know what? Like, Violet didn't come to you and is like, I'm lonely and you fucked up. So, now what you got to do is find me a new boyfriend because... You fucked my mom. No, you raped my mom. So obviously, I don't want to be with you. Tate, leave this poor girl alone and stop terrorizing other people. Like, sir, you're a bad person. You're a horrible fucking person just because you don't remember or you're dead now. So it doesn't matter. Yes, it still matters. You doing all those horrible things when you're alive still fucking matters. And Tate appearing to Ben, like, what the fuck? Tate, you raped this man's wife. And now the reason that this man's wife and this man is also dead is all because of you, sir. Sir, Ben does not want to be your friend. Ben does not miss the conversations you guys used to have. Now you're all fucking lonely because you wanted to make Nora happy and give her a child. So, so and then, so this is all your fault. Like, I'm so upset. Tate, you're so dumb. You're so cute, but so dumb. Um, and then when 
Constance gets home from like the salon and she like sees like the nanny all dead and she's like, fuck, like what the fuck am I gonna do with you, son? Like <laughs> when she realizes her her she raised another monster, like she's like, not again. But honestly, Constance, when it comes to her children and um her like just her family she's just like turn a blind eye to that if it didn't hurt me that's none of my business so and then we get to see like other seasons how michael turned out to be uh i think what what season was that it was it the was it the end of the world season that one was weird that one was a weird ass fucking season it wasn't end of the world let me see let me look it up real quick because it's not cold, uh, seasons. It's not cold because cold is the one, the Donald Trump one. That one was. Uh, hold on. Maybe season four. No, season four is Freak Show. Season five is Hotel. Six is. No, that's Roanoke. Seven. No, that's cold. Holy shit, eight. Is it Apocalypse? Yeah, it's Apocalypse. I think we get like a, the background into Michael on, because he's the Antichrist um, during Apocalypse. That's crazy. That's till season eight. Oh, well, well, I'm not going to cover that season because that season was fucking, I, you, I didn't even remember it. Like, that's how bad it was. <laughs> Uh, but before we move on to our, uh, hold on, let me let me get to my notes. Before we move on to our Savage of the Week award, I kind of wanted to bring back a segment that we haven't had this season. But that shit's um, what what is that shit's heartwarming? Um, Vivian asking Moira to be the godmother for the baby for the ghost baby. That was so heartwarming, like. My little heart fluttered. I, I feel like I haven't said that said that that much this season. Like my little tiny heart. My little tiny heart was so happy because Moira is so sad and lonely. And now she's like creating this connection with this family. With this, I mean, they're they're dead. They're ghosts. But ghosts can still have heartwarming interactions with each other, right? <laughs> And then the Christmas scene when they're all together just having a good jolly old time. But then Tate and Hayden are being fucking haters from like just looking at them from the distance. Like stop being fucking haters. Y'all are dead. I thought hating, I thought being a hating ass bitch ended when you fucking died. And obviously it doesn't because Hayden and Tate are the perfect examples. Well, I mean, Hayden is a hater, but I think she was also a hater when she was alive and Tate is a hopeless romantic that thinks he might get violet you know back ever which he won't because he's stupid <laughs> but moving on to the savage of the week award i have three that i want to give it to but the main one the good ghost in the house shout out to the good ghost for scaring the shit out of the ramos the ramos the ramos family and uh, getting them out of there because they don't want to see any more death Shout out to the Good Ghost team. They're the best. They're the coolest. And, you know, shout out to all the, if if there was, like, other seasons regarding, well, I mean, in American Horror Stories, it does revisit Murder House again. 
and they are scaring uh, like out like people like humans live humans that come and visit the house uh shout out to violet because she was so selfless that she like showed herself up up to tate to save gabriel's life and then she kissed him imagine the disgust of kissing the man that raped your mother so that he could let this human that you just met go shout out to the queen violet fucking harman shout out to the emo queen <laughs> put some respect on that emo girl's name and um this last one is a small but like i still wanted to give it travis travis and his devotion to to constance and like standing up to hayden so you know you gotta give respect for respect is due. and yeah i mean travis is a pretty face with a stupid brain but he did something kind of heroic so yeah let's just give it to him but honestly the the best one the the top the top dogs would go to the good ghost in murder house so we have gotten to the end of the episode so we finally we're finally done with the longest season ever of uh you know like 12 episodes that i've ever covered in that show fuck me up history we still have the wrap-up episode uh, scheduled for next week so come back around and give it a little listen and then during the wrap-up episode, I'll be telling you which TV show I'm going to be covering for season eight of that show, Fuck Me Up. It's going to be so much fun. Well, well, well. <laughs> it's going to be an experience. There you go. Let me give you a little, no, no. I was going to give you a little hint of what we're going to be covering, but my leap my leaps my lips are sealed uh, take a fucking shot i can't so uh thank you so much for listening uh remember to follow the podcast on social media on instagram where that show effed me up f is spelled e-f-f-e-d on twitter where that d-a-t show fucked me up fuck is spelled without a u so f-c-k-e-d give the podcast a five-star review on both apple Podcasts and spotify if you leave a review it helps with visibility so that means that more people get to join the fucked up family more people get to take part in this adventure of the shared psychosis because i mean who doesn't love to be part of the shared psychosis we all love to be delusional don't we all fuck the fam say yes say yes <laughs> and as you know and as we always end the episode with, remember, be gentle, be kind, and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be. Goodbye. All right, fucked up fam. Let's get started with our segment, starting with uh, that character fucked up. Um, so in the beginning of the episode, we get a flashback of like before, so when Vivian, when the Harmons were still in Boston, I think, and then like Vivian was about to leave Ben's ass, like I'm not blaming Vivian for literally dying, but you should have left your man, like your man is trash. <laughs> uh, and to summarize, if we were to learn anything from this episode or from the show, leave your man after he cheats on you or you might end up dead like it, it, it's 
it's facts. <laughs> it's facts. Vivian gave her man a chance, came to LA, and then she died in a haunted house during childbirth. And not only that, she died, and then she lost both of her kids. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Ben not leaving with the fucking child after what he experienced in murder house like why are you still in that house why are you still going back to that house like obviously he wanted to die in that house so he could be with you know vivian and um violet but still bro like you fucked up now you're dead and i guess you're happy now but now constance is gonna take care of your child and then (laughs) well i mean what else do you need constance is gonna take care of your child have you seen how the uh, Constance's kids ended up? They ended up dead. All of them. All three of them dead. They did not have a good life. Constance is not fit to be a mother. She does not have a motherly bone in her body. And now she gets to raise your child because you're stupid. Because you let uh, your emotions get in the way. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry Vivian died. And I'm sorry Violet died. But honestly, if we if we trace it all back, it all leads back to you sticking your dick in Hayden. How many times do I have to repeat that? If you hadn't stuck your dick in that college girl's pussy, y- your wife would still have been here. And so would your daughter. And so would your son that died. Yeah. Yeah, so if anyone fucked up, is Ben Harmon. <laughs> also, what's up with none of the ghosts helping out when Hayden and the other few ghosts were literally killing Ben? Like, why did they not appear? Like, that's just so confusing. That house is full of ghosts and not one of the good ones was like, you know what? You know what we should do? We should help out this man so he doesn't get murdered. Uh, also... Hayden fucked up here because she under she underestimated Travis's devotion to Constance when she's just like rocking the baby da- back and forth down at the basement and she's like you're gonna you're gonna take him away over my dead body and then like Travis like slits her throat and obviously she's the ghost like it's only gonna like mo- momentarily like stop her but still Constance was able to get the baby and get him out of there and I mean outside of the grasp of murder house. The baby is safe, or is he? Is Arch is Archangel Archangel Archangel? What the fuck? Archangel? Arch Michael and no, what the fuck? The baby's name is Michael. The Antichrist, the Archangel. Is that how you pronounce it? Arch Archangel Archangel? Ah, bruh, I'm struggling today. <laughs> Also, the Ramos is moving into a haunted house. Bro, do a little bit more research. Like, like I, I was going to start speaking Spanish. You're the same as the fucking Harmons. They see a low price on the house, and they're like, hell yeah, we'll move in right away. No research, just vibes. No research, just a shit ton of ghosts. Like, obviously, your realtor is hiding something. Don't trust your realtor. Except if she's uh, if she's my grandma, trust her with your heart. My grandma's got you. She's got you. She won't let you move into a, a haunted house. But if it's Marcy, Marcy's racist ass, you're going to trust her after the comment she just made about like, oh, I prefer European Hispanics. Bruh, stop. Stop it right now. 
stop it right this is instant <laughs> so yeah they fucked up by by doing that like please please love yourself a little um also what's up with tate wanting to kill gabriel so while it could be like quote unquote be happy bro you're such a guy like nobody asked you to do that nobody is like you know what like violet didn't come to you and he's like i'm lonely and you fucked up so now what you gotta do is find me a new boyfriend because you fucked my mom no you raped my mom so obviously i don't want to be with you tate leave this poor girl alone and stop terrorizing other people like sir you're a bad person you're a horrible fucking person just because you don't remember or you're dead now so it doesn't matter yes it still matters you doing all those horrible things when you're alive still fucking matters and tate appearing to ben like what the fuck tate you raped this man's wife and now the reason that this man's wife and this man is also dead is all because of you sir sir ben does not want to be your friend ben does not miss the conversations you guys used to have now you're all fucking lonely because you wanted to make nora happy and give her a child so, so and then so this is all your fault like i'm so upset tate you're so dumb you're so cute but so dumb um and then when Constance gets home from like the salon and she like sees like the nanny all dead and she's like fuck like what the fuck am I gonna do with you son like <laughs> when she realizes her her she raised another monster like she's like not again but honestly Constance when it comes to her children and um her like just her family she's just like turn a blind eye to that if it didn't hurt me that's none of my business so and then we get to see like other seasons how michael turned out to be uh i think what what season was that it was it the was it the end of the world season that one was weird that one was a weird ass fucking season it wasn't end of the world let me see let me look it up real quick because it's not cold uh seasons it's not cold because cold is the one the donald trump one that one was uh hold on maybe season four no season four is freak show season five is hotel six is no that's roanoke seven no that's cold Holy shit, eight. Is it apocalypse? Yeah, it's apocalypse. I think we get like a, the background into Michael on because he's the Antichrist um, during apocalypse. That's crazy. That's till season eight. Oh, well, well, I'm not going to cover that season because that season was fucking I, you, I didn't even remember it. Like, that's how bad it was. <laughs> Uh, but before we move on to our, uh, hold on, let me let me get to my notes. Before we move on to our Savage of the Week award, I kind of wanted to bring back a segment that we haven't had this season. But that shit's um, what what is that shit's heartwarming? Um, Vivian asking Moira to be the godmother for the baby for the ghost baby. That was so heartwarming, like. 
my little heart fluttered i i feel like i haven't said that said that that much this season like my little tiny heart my little tiny heart was so happy because moira is so sad and lonely and now she's like creating this connection with this family with this i mean they're they're dead they're ghosts but ghosts can still have heartwarming interactions with each other right <laughs> And then the Christmas scene when they're all together just having a good jolly old time. But then Tate and Hayden are being fucking haters from like just looking at them from the distance. Like stop being fucking haters. Y'all are dead. I thought hating, I thought being a hating ass bitch ended when you fucking died. And obviously it doesn't because Hayden and Tate are the perfect examples. Well, I mean, Hayden is a hater, but I think she was also a hater when she was alive. And Tate is a hopeless romantic that thinks he might get violet you know back ever which he won't because he's stupid <laughs> but moving on to the savage of the week award i have three that i want to give it to but the main one the good ghost in the house shout out to the good ghost for scaring the shit out of the ramos the ramos the ramos family and uh, getting them out of there because they don't want to see any more death Shout out to the Good Ghost team. They're the best. They're the coolest. And, you know, shout out to all the, if, if there was, like, other seasons regarding, well, I mean, in American Horror Stories, it does revisit Murder House again. And they are scaring, out, like, out, like, people, like, humans, live humans that come and visit the house. Uh, shout out to Violet because she was so selfless that she, like, showed herself up, up to Tate to save Gabriel's life and then she kissed him imagine the disgust of kissing the man that raped your mother so that he could let this human that you just met go shout out to the queen violet fucking Harmon. shout out to the emo queen <laughs> put some respect on that emo girl's name and um this last one is a small but like i still wanted to give it travis travis and his devotion to to constance and like standing up to hayden so you know you gotta give respect for respect is due. and yeah i mean travis is a pretty face with a s stupid brain but he did something kind of heroic so yeah let's just give it to him but honestly the the best one the the top the top dogs would go to the good ghost in murder house so we have gotten to the end of the episode so we finally we're finally done with the longest season ever of uh you know like 12 episodes that i've ever covered in that show fuck me up history we still have the wrap-up episode uh, scheduled for next week so come back around and give it a little listen and then during the wrap-up episode i'll be telling you which tv show i'm gonna be covering for season eight of that show fuck me up it's gonna be so much fun well 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 <laughs> it's gonna be an experience there you go let me give you a little no no i was gonna give you a little hint of what we're gonna be covering but my leap my leaps my lips are sealed uh, take a fucking shot i can't so uh thank you so much for listening uh remember to follow the podcast on social media on instagram where that show effed me up f is spelled e-f-f-e-d on twitter where that d-a-t show fucked me up fucked is spelled without a u so f-c-k-e-d 
give the podcast a five-star review on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you leave a review, it helps with visibility. So that means that more people get to join the fucked up family. More people get to take part in this adventure of the shared psychosis. Because, I mean, who doesn't love to be part of the shared psychosis? We all love to be delusional. Don't we all fuck the fam? Say yes. Say yes. (laughs) And as you know... And as we always end the episode with, remember, be gentle, be kind, and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be. Goodbye.